welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex, and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we will be discussing love crimes. Do they exist? The inspiration for this topic has come from a new comedic web series, The Broken Hearts Division. Creator Nicole Fenstra tackles the world of modern dating, whether it is same-sex or heterosexual couples, each episode's theme is very relatable to anyone currently dating as she tackles ghosting, breakups via text, serial dating, failure to commit, texting under the influence, wrongful wooing, serial dating, and of course, the excessive use of dick pic, (laughs) just to name a few. So today I've invited Nicole to discuss Love Crimes and her new show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So tell us about the Broken Hearts Division. Uh, So it was a show that I conceived of many years ago because it was a a happy, it was a happy confluence between a love of law and order and fancying myself a couchside therapist to myself and all my friends. (laughs) It was a perfect storm between these two loves. And um, yeah, I always thought, what if there was this division that actually busted love crimes? Yeah. And as I was, as I was, you know, sort of talking about this around town, people were like, but, but so this is an absurd comedy. And I was like, well, why do you think it's absurd? They were like, well, because if you call the LAPD, you won't find a broken person. I said, Look, well, they, there should be. Um, and so, and so that's where this, this is, this is where it was born. I love it. So LAPD, if you're out there listening, we need a new division, please. <laughs> yes. Eric, Eric, our study, we may or may not be using your, uh, your public funds. Great. So let's um, give everyone the synopsis of the series. Yeah. So we follow this officer. She's a LAPD beat cop. Her name is Officer Mac or Mackenzie Merriweather. And she has been a cop for years. It comes from a family of cops and sort of died in blue from all of her generations. And she has her own personal break. We see what this personal break, mental, emotional break is, and it gets teased throughout the season, uh, season one. And that sort of propels her into becoming a bit of a vigilante for, for, for love, for lack of a better word. She sees herself as somebody who's finding justice for the brokenhearted. Okay, so. great. And she's quite broken herself, so she's quite an interesting character to watch as we watch the episodes get released yes. over time. Great. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's a, I, I wanted to write a comedy because I, I felt like these were, I love the epicness of love. I love the epicness of highs and lows of, of the emotions and how dramatic we, we make. <laughs> I think it's wonderfully comedic. And, and so she, you know, takes out all of these 
pieces that she hasn't dealt with on people, on water bottles, on inanimate objects. Um, it's, it's sort of her not dealing with the thing that she most needs to deal with, which is her own broken heart. Yeah, great. So what, what inspired the story? Like, was it just one day you went on this terrible, bad date and you were like, this is the moment that I have to turn this into a web series. It was more from helping all your friends or what was the moment that it was like, it's happening. Wow. Well, it's, um, it's an eight year overnight success. <laughs> I conceived of this show eight years ago with a friend of mine and we had conceived of it as a lot as kind of a Cagney and Lacey team. And then that sort of got shelved. And I, in 2015, I decided to revive it. I thought, you know, I, I don't want this to sit on a shelf. And so I, I started retooling it and, and reframing it. And, and much like, you know, you talk about in your podcast with relationships, sometimes you have to shift. You have a certain mm-hmm. expectation of how things are going to be and they don't turn out that way. And then you go, okay, that door closed. Now I'm going to have to like, you know, I'm going to go into my little, my little corner. I'm going to reconvene. I'm going to deal with my, my stuff. And then I'm going to come out and and find a new way to do it. And so in 2015, I thought I want to revive this as sort of a lone cop. She's sort of on her own, which made a lot of sense for who she is. She Mm -hmm. is somebody who is sort of fighting these battles by herself. She's very Don Quixote. She's instead of fighting windmills, she's fighting water bottles. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's a little bit klutzy. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's a bull in a China shop for sure. And so then I started, um, we shot the pilot in 2016. I decided to self-fund it, um, in an effort to sort of get the ball rolling and, and show people how I saw it. And then I sort of decided, you know, I don't want to wait for anybody because sometimes you have to Mm-hmm. take the bull by the horns. And so, uh, we crowdfunded and I, I crowdfunded in the beginning of 2017 for the budget to shoot the season. And then we shot that this past fall in September. And then we launched on Valentine's day. So it's, it's much like a relationship. <laughs> it's, it's, it's had ups and downs, you know, it's had stops and starts. And so that's sort of the gestation of how it, it came to be in its current state. That's it. And it, what I find interesting, I imagine the fact that you had the idea so many years ago that the dating scene probably changed then because Facebook and all Tinder probably wasn't really around when you were initially conceptualizing this web series and then to revive it in 2015. Well, that's how I feel. I was in a relationship and none of this existed. And then I came out of it and was like, whoa, everything's changed. And that looks like it might have happened with the series as well. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, dick pics were not a thing. <laughs> now they're everywhere. Um, you can't turn a corner without biting a dick pic. But it it was definitely different. I think the match was kind of a new thing and eHarmony was a thing. There was no swiping left or right. Like that was all in the last couple few years. So, you know, even online dating back at that time was like, Oh, you're such a weirdo to do that. Like nobody <laughs> ever, nobody ever gets, uh, you know, their partner. And now you see marriages and babies coming out of these things and you're like, okay, things have changed. So yeah, it's definitely a whole new landscape. I imagine it's probably given you a lot more content actually in some ways as well. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I was, uh, I, I was reading, you, you had some great questions that I, I was able to think about. And, you know, with Mac, she thinks in black and white. She's a cop, right? She is born and bred cop, which is there's right and there's wrong. There's black and there's white. There's rules, right? There's laws. And that's sort of where this all came out was like, I wanted to put names to these things, right? Things that you could actually 
conceivably or maybe not conceivably try in a court of law, right? So you can try intent. You can try wrongful termination. You can try, you know, all of these cases all have a legal bent. So you can, so I, so I, I thought, oh, wouldn't this be an interesting angle? But, but yeah, now I think even as we, every year goes by, I think social interactions have become more and more gray, how people like the rights and the wrongs of how to handle people, you know, Mm. even I I work in business and I'm, I'm constantly shocked that people just don't get back to you. Whereas I think that there, because everything is moving so fast and we're all moving so fast, people just don't take the time to have the consideration to follow up. And that's, you know, things like ghosting or, um, which we have kind of a version of in episode two, which is lying with no intent to call. She promised, she made Mm. a promise and then she just decided not to keep it. Mm. You know, changed her mind. Yeah. Without any kind of communication. And I think we're in that space of gray and it's so gray that, there's nothing to hold on to. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a journalist and he said, if you can't agree on some facts, there's no way to move forward. If everything is somebody's opinion, then you have nothing to hold on to. And so I think with Mac, she is so in such turmoil emotionally that she's like, she's like, I got to find something to hold on to. (laughs) I'm going to make this, you know, I can fix these things. And of course, she's not aware that she needs to fix it within herself, but she's going to fix it for other people by putting some black and white to all of this gray. And I think that's where that, that has, I feel like every year I've seen more and more people working in gray, yeah. where the, the rules of engagement, the rules of the way to do things have become nebulous and people go, Oh, well, I did it because somebody else did it to me. I mean, that's a whole thing. I have a friend who's a therapist and she said, there's this thing called a broken windows theory, which is that if you are in a neighborhood, let's say it's a, a, not a great neighborhood. And there's, let's say a gunshot in somebody's house, right. From like, let's say it's a gang neighborhood. Right. And if you don't fix that hole in the, in the window, it affects the whole neighborhood because people go, Oh, they don't care. They just know it's going to happen again. Uh So they just, so they just let it go. And then it just affects, it's like a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. But if you, even though you know, okay, this may happen again, but you fix the window, then there's hope, right? Mm -hmm. There's like hope that, that the neighborhood will change because you're saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this bullet hole stay in my front, you know, window because it, it it's almost like giving up, right? There's so many things I have to say to that and I just need to like pace myself in questions that that brings up. First and foremost, what I, it brings up for me is a vicious cycle, right, that people are going around and around and that's where I think it probably is beautiful to define and let's define what a love crime is because it's not a really cool attitude of doing it because someone else has done it too. And my parents always brought me up to treat someone as you'd like to be treated yourself. So even if someone's treating me with bad behavior, I'm not going to return that to them with bad behavior because that's not how I want to be treated. So I'm going to do what I think is, in my opinion, in my perspective, the right way to treat someone with the integrity and whatnot. And that's definitely what I see in the dating for sure. I hold people accountable all the time just because it's not actually because my ego is having an, you know, attack or anything. It's just like, 
you need to be accountable for yourself and we need to, you say you don't like this behaviour, yet you're doing it yourself. So when does it stop? Right. So, yeah, what, yeah, what are love crimes? So a love crime is a, it's a crime against the heart. I mean, it's yeah. a, it, you know, it's a crime. And I think that's sort of the thing that really got me was it is a little of that broken windows theory. It is a little of like just letting things go unattended, but it's these little slights. I ha- I am a very sensitive person. And so I tend to see slights, you know, and treat them with magnitude where <laughs> some people are like, well, that's just that person. But I'm, I think I'm a sensitive person. So I see slights and, and it's those things that people go, oh yeah, everyone does it. You know, yeah. oh, that's, oh, oh, it's no big deal. But it is when I'm talking to friends and they're telling me about something and they'll go, I'm fine. I'm like, mm, are you? Mm. Are you? That fine is like, the fine is the beginning of a love crime. <laughs> That's like a That's female saying it to her partner. What's wrong? Everything's fine. We all know that's not I'm real. <laughs> when someone says they're fine, they're definitely not fine. They're like the opposite of fine. But that's the way to go, oh, I don't want to make a big deal. Oh, like I shouldn't make a big deal. Oh, you know, and then Mac yes. comes in and, you know, she's a cop and she comes in with like bulletproof vest and riot gear and she's going to come in and tackle, right? So there's somebody, you know, when the fines out in the world are happening, then Mac is going to come in and tackle that. Yeah, you I know. love it. She's Good. hilarious. Are you, are you sure you're fine? Yeah. The fine is the, the, the quote unquote fine. The proverbial fine is the beginning of a love crime. Yes. So, so we've touched on this already about whether it's black and white when it comes to love. Because in my opinion, I, I believe there's quite a gray area, not in the sense that we should be doing it because everyone else is treating people like that. I disagree with that. But a gray area in the sense of, people often project their own expectations and fears upon another. And this can sometimes lead to the heartbreak. Mm. So what do you think about that? No, I mean, I, uh, we have, um, we have an episode in season one, high speed chase to marriage, right? Uh, date two, he's, or maybe it's date three. He's ready. He's ready to plan the wedding. Yeah. You know, it's almost regardless of who the person is, you're on a track and I think that's also a love crime. You know, when you import or sort of imbue your plans on somebody else without their knowledge, you know, that is in fact a love crime. I mean, you know, I think relationships are always a give and take and they're, they, they move and flow, they ebb and flow with the, I think we were talking about this earlier, like communication, clear unabashed honesty. Like I was talking to a friend and, and she said, you know what? I finally come to the point where I'm okay saying I want a baby. She's like, I get to like, you know, my, I have a therapist and he's like, you know, let your freak flag fly. Like you might as well let people know exactly where you're at. And then they get to make that assumption. So in some ways it is like, all right, somebody's like sort of saying they're importing their, their desires on you. And at the same time, if it's clear communication, then that it's okay. It's that fine line. It's that little, you know, it's sort of like, I always think about laws and I think about driving and I think about, you've got people driving 70 miles an hour in opposite directions. And the only thing dividing them is a yellow line. Mm. It's tiny. 
it's like that minuscule thing where you've, you're fine and then you're not fine. Right. Mm. And, and it's just a matter of degrees. And I think that's where, that's where the show lives is in those that in that yellow line. Yeah. Cause an example, I feel like where the female will make this situation a heartbreak, but I'm sort of more on the male. Cause often it's usually the male that says this and the female that doesn't, but it can be around the other way is a male may communicate up front that he's not looking for a relationship and he just wants to have fun or, you know, enjoying the company, but not ready for a relationship. And the woman has a choice. She can be like, oh, that's cool, dude, but that's not where I'm at. Like I, I want a relationship or she'll go, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I can go the flow with this. And then what often happens, you know, my brother's shared this and many males that I'm friends with have shared this as a few weeks go by or a month goes by and then all of a sudden this woman is really angry and upset at him because he doesn't want a relationship and this and that. And and the male's like really confused because he's like, I clearly communicated this up front a month ago, but that's just like not acceptable to her. Like you're an asshole, you're a this, you're a that, da, da, da. and all of a sudden there's this heartbreak and it's all his fault, da, da, da. and that's where I'm like, really? Maybe that love crime was on you, not you. him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. it's it, it's interesting that there is, and you know, in the show we have even perps, men and women. I wanted to make sure that this this was not a male bashing show. Women and men yeah. can be perps and vics equally, uh, and it's and it's interesting because I do think they they can be about all the subjects, but it is it is even for sure. And I think I think men can do the same thing. I do think that men are more black and white and we as women tend to be, to fall in the gray, which is interesting because Mac definitely falls, you know, I mean she's pretty masculine as <laughs> as women go. She's not quite sure how to wear a dress. Um she would definitely wear, you know, if she could, she would wear her bulletproof vest under any outfit. But um, so I think there is a masculine quality to Mac and I, and I associate that as well, just like very clear, very upfront, but it is, yeah, I mean, that's that gray area where it's like there, I think you're right. Like here's somebody who's made very clear, he's, he's made it really clear where he's at and she has decided not to listen or to go, oh, he doesn't really know what he means or, oh, he can be swayed. Like I yes. can be swayed. You know, yes. like I, like as a woman, if I was putting myself in her shoes, she would be like, well, I, I could be swayed. Like people can change their mind, mm. you know, people change their mind all the time. Why wouldn't you just change your mind? Like I'm amazing. Why wouldn't you change your mind? <laughs> You've been with me a month. You can see how amazing I am. Why haven't you changed your mind? <laughs> you yes. should have changed your mind by now because I'm amazing. We've had great sex. We have great conversations. Like why wouldn't, you know? And now you're back in high chase mode. You're now in high speed chase mode, right? Like, whoa, 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 I'm not there yet, you know? So it yeah. is, it is, that's, that's the yellow line, right? Yes, it definitely that's, is. It's walking a tightrope in relationships of figuring out where everybody is and, and has somebody changed their mind one way or the other to yeah. either pull back or move forward. And the other thing that I loved about the neighborhood that you brought up and the hole in the window and that it's responsibility to like mend the hole, that can be, I don't know if you meant it this way at all, but quite symbolic of the heart and having a hole in the heart from the pain. And it's that individual's responsibility to try to mend that hole. 
so the the heart is full and complete again and they can be full and complete themselves to then maybe meet someone you know when they're ready Mm. Yeah. And that's something Mac has not gotten to. Her journey <laughs> is definitely to fix it, but fix it specifically for other people and not, you know, she can't see it. She's so single focused. That is her mission. She's on a mission to change things. And you see it all the time, you know, people yes. who are therap- therapists who, you know, you go, oh my God, you're, you're a shit show. Yes. You know what I mean? They're off helping other people and they haven't fixed themselves. And, and, you know, you can know all the rules, you can know all the tools, but then to impart it on yourself is a whole other journey. Oh, it takes a Um, lot of work to do it and a lot of focus and a lot of reframing as well and self-correction, a lot of work to do it. Mm. Yeah, no, but, you know, I always, I wanted to have fun with this. I wanted it to, you know, I wanted, I, I, I wanted people to look at that and go, oh my God, I see myself in that, you know, in the ridiculousness of it. I, I've heard so many epic stories of, of just crying. And I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's just hilarious, you know, and then, and how people portray, I mean, you had asked if I had seen like a crazy love crime. And I remember reading this article called Dirty John. It was in LA times. It came out last year and this guy had literally and he's, he, he reminds me of the serial dater in our, in our show. He had made up a whole other life. He had told this woman he was a doctor and just ingratiating herself, himself into her world and just lying on, upon lies. I mean, this is like a really, you know, darker case, but you could make this case it, light in, in people making up things along the way about what they're okay with, what they're not okay with. Yeah. Very interesting. You know, there's so much content and inspiration for you. You just need to walk outside, sit in a cafe and just start <laughs> watching people watching so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Matt does that and then she just tackles them. Yeah, um, she's hilarious. You, you have to watch it, everyone. Like it's very funny and <laughs> maybe you might be like, oh, my God, I sort of did that a little bit myself. <laughs> there you go. Do that I mean, next time. <laughs> we have. We have. Uh, how do you think people can be empowered when dating instead of seeing themselves as victims to love and circumstances? Mm. Well, that's a good question. How do they, how, how do they protect themselves or how do they be empowered? What, how yeah. do they, how are, how are they empowered? Yeah. I would say, yeah, I, I definitely going in having fun. I mean, that I think is the key is like, always having fun and, and with hope, you know, I mean, I think that's the thing that's so hard sometimes in dating is hope, right? You think, Oh God, like, you know, another one bites the dust, another bad date or whatever. And I think that's your own, like, you know, these are your own like wounds in your heart, right? These are your own little broken hearts where you're like, another one bites the dust. Uh, how is, it's not going to be any different, you know? And I think hope is the biggest thing. I think having hope that, you never know. Like it could be around the corner. Exactly. Exactly. It really could. It, yeah. It could be the next person you talk to. You have no idea. And I think having hope and belief that love exists is the key. And I, and I believe that Mac at her heart really 
wants that and believes in that and is fighting for a bigger thing. She's fighting for something bigger, which is let's all treat each other better. So Mm. nobody has, so nobody keeps imparting these, these, these things that make other people break each other's hearts. She's, she's got a hope that there's something different. And I think, you know, putting her in, you know, the LAPD was a really strategic move because it's such a, you know, the, the, the premise is that, out, born out of bad press, the LAPD opens this department. They know they have a bad rap. And so they're like, well, at least we can, you know, we'll, we'll be an outsource, you know, for people. So it was really supposed to be just a call. Like they were, she was just supposed to be like a, somebody answering calls. A right? little bit like a call line or therapist on the yeah. phone. <laughs> she was just supposed to be like a 911 place where you could just call in and talk about your grievances. She was not supposed to impart anything. She was definitely not supposed to tackle people. She was definitely not supposed to go out and write tickets. Um, so just to put into perspective, uh, everyone, she goes out and interrogates people and hunts them down. Like she finds the criminal that's doing the love crime and they're like, whoa, what's going on? Because this police officer turns up and is like, you are guilty of this. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and that's the thing, you know, when you look at a procedural show, each procedural show will take you from A to B. It won't take you from A to Z, right? It won't take you from like the crime happens all the way to the end of the court case. Usually it'll be like the crime is discovered and then we find out who did it or the person who did it is in jail. And now we're going to go through, a, you know, we're going to go through the, um, the court system. Each procedural takes you. And this show at the point that we're in right now is that we just address the crime. We don't see what happens. We don't see whether or not they have to do anything for their negligence. This is just pointing out the crime. And so, so yeah, so this was born out of something, you know, within the cops, within the LAPD that they had to deal with, you know, they're, they're dealing with a lot of (laughs) broken hearts. There are so (laughs) many broken hearts in the LAPD. Um, and I've met, I've met cops and they have huge chips on their shoulders, you know, and then they go and impart that when they're dealing with crimes. So Mm. is it right that they go and like shoot somebody? Absolutely not. But it, and this is sort of as a writer, you always have to have some sort of empathy to go. If I was standing in their shoes and I saw crime after crime and I saw so much gun war, you know, Mm. you know, gunfare, you know, gunplay, if I saw people shooting, if I, that would change your worldview, you know, like it'd be hard to stay positive and have hope. Yeah. And have hope. You assume that everybody is a perp. Yeah. And so I, and I think that that is sort of where this, this love and this criminal world intervene is this idea of trying to find hope in a place where yeah. you know, the Rihanna, Rihanna song, we found love in a, in a broken place. Or a, <laughs> what is that song? But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that hope that I think keeps people moving forward and allows them to not just assume that it's just going to be another dud. But you're right. A lot of people do as well. And that's where I read this article about dating burnout, that you Mm -hmm. just get burnt out from these dates and start to get in that mindset. And so the article recommended don't, don't get caught up in that and lose hope, but actually maybe it's just time to have a break. And I talked to a really good girlfriend of mine about this all the time. And, and we're like, well, we'll just have fun, like hang out, 
for us because we're, you know, girl-to-girl talk, hang out with your girlfriends and we'll just go surfing and camping and discover ourselves and just, like, really enjoy life. And if we meet a dude along the way, cool. But if not, like, whatever, life's still amazing and and just enjoy it. And I think that's so much more interesting. I mean, I would think from both sides, you want to be with somebody that's already pretty full and whole so that you're not feeling like you're filling a hole for them, that they've got this thing that's missing that you're supposed to fix, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think well, that, that is that a problem as well, definitely, and why so many issues start happening then if it becomes a relationship dating yeah. is because you're so reliant on the other person to fix you. Yeah. Instead of yeah, fixing I mean, yourself. That, person, that personal responsibility of like owning your own side of the fence. Like you were telling me about how you owned your side of the fence in your relationship. It's like, you got to own your side, you know, it takes two to tango in a relationship. And when I see things breaking down with other people or myself, whatever you go, okay, what's, what's your part in it? Right. Yes. That, that's the healthy thing to do. Mac is not going to look at those things anytime soon, but that's why she's funny is because she's just so unaware. Um, Unaware people are hilarious because they (laughs) are convinced that they know everything when they are completely misguided. But I, but yeah, I think it's owning your side of the fence for everything, you know? Definitely. And that's how you grow. And um, it does lead to, I think, uh, peace and happiness within yourself as well, which isn't reliant of if, if this person's in your life or out of your life. And but when you welcome that person and you find that relationship, I think it would be, it's got more of an opportunity to thrive than just survive. Mm, peace, love, and harmony. Yes. Are you ready? Hippie side <laughs> of us all. Yes. <laughs> well, I love California for that. We could be hippies and gypsies and everything. It's great. <laughs> well, I have a friend who's from Canada, and she was like, when I discovered rice paper churros, I knew I was in the right place for me. And I was like, oh, bless your heart. Wow, such hippies. So I silly. Love it. So I'm really enjoying watching this series unfold and find it relatable and very funny. Like I laugh a lot, which is great, and that's why I absolutely love it. And I love that you've been able to turn what can be really painful and painful situations for people and show us the humorous side to dating because, like, if some of my bad dates, I find them hilarious, but but someone could probably find them horrible and be stuck on them. But I actually even in the moment, I actually find it quite hard not to laugh in their face because I can see how funny this situation is right now. It's like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Why do you not there? So I love that you do that and like laugh at the TV. Uh, what was your creative process in creating this show about modern dating? Well, you know, I wanted to create a serialized show. I wanted to, I liked procedural. There was something very, um, I, I like boundaries. I, I need, especially because the creative mind just sort of can spin out of control. So I like that there was a structure to how a procedural worked. You know, there's a cold open, you see that sort of a, a snippet of the crime and then, and then you're upon the case, right. Or you're dealing with the characters that are involved in the show and then you're upon the case. And so there was, um, a safety to that, those kind of bumpers where I could go, okay, let's play within this world. Like, this is where we're always going to end. This is where we're always going to start. And, and that was very comforting for me, just from a creative standpoint to go, okay, once I know the sort of the box I'm playing in, then I can go crazy within that particular, that particular box. So that was for me, something I needed. And then as we were 
developing it a little bit, my director came in and said, well, what if we, you know, we were looking at budget and this is what happens when you're like working on independent budgets. You go, okay, well, in a perfect world, you can shoot this, but in the budget that we have, we have to kind of modify some things. And we really wanted to track Brad, Mac has an uh, internal affairs officer, Brad Honeycutt, who is charged with keeping her in line. And we wanted to give that relationship that the two of them a little more time to, to develop. And so we pulled back a little bit in the, um, in the final sort of writing of the last, the last version before we went to shoot, where we gave it a little more breadth with that relationship, because a lot of people were really interested in Mac and like what her journey was and, and who she was. And, and also, I mean, we have got this great rounded group of characters. Jerry, the janitor is sort of the, I don't know, the yin to her yang, but he's like the calm to her tornado. You know, he's, he is the sort of like all knowing spiritual guru that happens to have a janitor outfit and like they share office space in his janitor's closet. And, and then, you know, we have this officer Carla who's come in and is creating this sort of other dimension to sort of represent the department. Normally the LAPD officers think she's ridiculous, but Carla has other feelings about Mac. She adores her, which is fun to have that. So those kind of got developed through the last versions of the writing. And I was glad for that. I like the procedural. I like being able to address a love crime in every in every show. But I did I did want to show this journey for Mac of, you know, when I was working on this, I did see a journey where maybe she would go from learning to fix a broken heart to learning to mend a broken heart, which is a different way of handling your, your heart. Mm. She's not going to learn. She won't learn that anytime soon because that's not as funny, but it is this And I think everybody in the show is dealing with their own broken heart that, that, Every character, we get to see where they land, um, whether it's Brad or Jerry or Carla, um, who are sort of our rounded out core crew uh, that you see in every episode. We get to see versions of their broken hearts and how they're dealing with it. So, so that that was sort of the gestation of, of well, that's sort of what happened for me when I was writing and, and what helped me to creatively stem. And then. Yeah, I would I would talk to a legal friend of mine and go talk to me about crimes. Like I needed like a legal I gave him he's like my legal phraseologist. So I would I would, you know, in sourcing more crimes, I would see things and hear things from people that were talking to me about things that had happened to them on dates or in relationships, and then I would run that through him from a legal perspective to go, okay, what is how would this fare in a court of law? Like what, in what bucket would this, would this fall? Mm. Is this intent? Is this wrongful something? Is this fraud? What kind of fraud is this? You know, when you, you know, there's all the bait and switch, right. Of like, you say one thing and sort of like mm. what you're talking about with that girl, right. She says one thing, she ropes him in and then she's like, but really what I want is marriage. Right <laughs> you know, that's a bit of a bait and switch, right. You're saying, oh yeah, I'm so cool. Oh wait, I'm not. <laughs> I actually. I just said that so that you would fall in love with me and love me forever and then actually just marry me. You know, it's like, wait a second. I thought we were, nope, that's a bait and switch. So, so I, I love that you've got that name for it now. That'll be my advice when I'm talking about, oh, you just got bait and switched. Yeah. <laughs> retreat, right? retreat. Retreat. Yeah. No go zone. Um, yeah, but that was, so that was how I would, um, I would, and I'm, as I'm developing it more and more, I am looking at like, what would you, 
I mean, I had played with the idea that like LA is so, you know, in need of funds that they would just have to do like community service. Like the LAPD would just be like, great, we have more people to put in orange jumpsuits and take and take trash off the side of the freeway. You know, as far as like, what would their, what would the penance be for something like this? And well, so maybe that- uh, they could have an event like this dating event and the perps need a volunteer there and the victims are there trying to find love or something that could be quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. But but yeah, it's it is an interesting and I, as I as I go into season two, you know, playing with those dynamics that uh, like this season, the theme was sort of not portraying your true self, it was hiding your true identity. Yeah. And that's something that everybody is sort of party to mm-hmm. in the show, and how they hide what, who they are, and whether or not they hide it well, or so that is, that's sort of the theme through season one. And that's sort of how I see each of these seasons as sort of having something thematic that that sort of ties all of these different cases together. Mm. Um, yeah. I love it. I just, I love everything about what you've done. I think you've done a great job and I'm really proud of you. So <laughs> it's you. really good. And I want to finish off with something funny because you're a comedian and uh-huh. who doesn't love a good laugh? I definitely do. What's a really like the funniest dating story that you've either either you've experienced firsthand or you've heard from one of your friends that we can just have a little bit of a chuckle uh, at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're usually not like really long, drawn out ones. They're usually like the mother calls on the date or <laughs> like, how's it going? Um, so it's usually it's these these things that you're like, oh, that's that's awkward. Yeah, I always... <laughs> I find catfishing to be actually I find catfishing to be very sort of dark and mysterious and weird. Yeah, I think when families meddle, like I, you know, you've got to love the mothers that call to check and see how it's going. Like wow, that's, I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> How's that it going? To you? <laughs> I'm on the day right now, Mom. She's lovely. Oh, I'm right here. Yep. Hi, 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 Mrs. Berkowitz. Nice to meet you. Oh, 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 yeah, we're on speakerphone now. Okay. So you're um, coming to a Thanksgiving dinner next week? We'd love, there's a room set for you. We already have a room for you. We have your photo in there. We have you guys' wedding. Oh, you know, it's when the family, with the family, the family high-speed chase to marriage is always a funny one. Like, oh, they are ready. Wow. They're ready for you. Yeah. That the is family pretty funny. In. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Nicole. Broken Hearts Division is available to watch right now. So if you haven't uh, checked out from first episode, you can start from the start and then join in as Nicole releases episodes each week because we've still got quite a few more to go. But you can watch it on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Broken Hearts Division. I'll also put this in the show notes so you can go find it, check it out. Really funny. It's perfect for, you know, had a stressful day or a long day, you need something just to lighten up the mood and have a laugh along, this is your show. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my show. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. I'm so proud of you that you've got this show. It's, I think it's great what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. 
You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.